0: Even if you don't work with kids, you should read this book because invariably you're going to have friends or relatives that have kids and they need you.
1: i'm your host jason lafferty i'm your host
0: dylan Dentremont. we are two dudes who review books
1: how's it going dude it is going good it is going great um i i'm excited on many levels to uh, book life the whole shebang right on um i i did send you episode structure I emailed it to you this morning like i five, i literally five,
0: have it right here in front of me five,
1: five minutes ago
0: <laughs> yes yes very very ahead <laughs> but, of the game you know just before
1: the episode started so we're good we're good
0: yeah. we're good yeah.
1: <laughs> no uh i i want you to know that I, I i since the kiddo was born um i have not read really any parenting books i think everybody gets the what to expect when you're Expecting" book sure but outside of that it's not like and I, I don't know if that's i guess it's a parenting book i mean i, I think that's more of a, a birthing book
0: but it's, I, I, I don't like know it's, if that's a category it's like a, yeah it's more like a pregnancy book y- yeah 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 right? yeah, yeah. yeah that's, it's a pregnancy book which and is then good they're good like luck. and now you have a baby good luck
1: yeah 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 and they stamp off <laughs> off to the world and, you know, I, I'll let you know that this book, I probably wouldn't have read it if you didn't suggest it for this episode. Uh, like, 100%, I wouldn't have been like, yeah, because I don't, like, I read a lot, of, a lot of books, and I read a lot of leadership and self-development books. And uh, this does fall into the category of self-development and all that, but it's not typically a genre I dip my toe in. right. And Um, I'm
0: trying to think, um, I think I stumbled upon this book listening to, gosh, I could remember, I wish I could remember what episode it was, but I'm pretty sure it was based on an episode of Hidden Brain, the Hidden Brain podcast, I think mentioned it because Mikalene Duclef, the author of Hunt, Gather Parent, um, is also uh, a contributor for NPR um yes. so she works their science desk or whatever or at least she did yeah. as part of all yeah, of one this yeah. yeah oh uh, i'm, I'm glad
1: the... you pro- i'm glad you pronounced her name because <laughs> i i read it and i didn't do my i didn't do my like my research and go okay i've got to go find someone pronouncing her name so <laughs> but i'm like okay micheline that looks right and I'm, i i was really close with duclef i'm like that i,
0: I yeah you're good
1: yeah, but I, I'll let you know that uh, I I I don't want to say I'm not done with the book, but I'm not done with the book. No, not it's okay. Haven, not that I haven't finished reading it. It's just that I keep like going back, and this book really made me think about you know interacting with the child. We mm-hmm. we have been we hunt other parent i did we even said that we're talking about hunting your other parent yet i, I mentioned I, it yeah okay yeah i, I yeah. snuck it in
0: there
1: snuck <laughs> <laughs> it in there um but yeah so we've been like working on the garden we worked on the garden in the the, the brief moment of sun we got for mid-may which is mm. crazy that, that's another podcast
0: uh,
1: <laughs> um but yeah um i i did a lot of you know a lot of that you know, accommodito mm-hmm. type type stuff. So, and I guess we should probably explain what accommodito is. I think that's probably, why don't you jump in with what Yeah, absolutely. Is. Yeah. So uh,
0: accommodito is a term that McLean came upon when she was working with families in uh, Central America. And it's a Spanish term, right? It sounds like accommodating because it is. Accommodito is the idea that a child or really anybody Is observant of the world around them, and that's that's the first step. I I tell I'm a teacher, and I tell my students you can't be helpful if you're not first observant. So, acomodito. The first step in acomodito is first of all to be observant of the world around you and to see what needs to be done and how you can contribute immediately to your community and the people around you. So a child who is a comedido uh, doesn't need to be asked to do the dishes. Uh, there are dirty dishes. They take care of it. A child who is a comedido doesn't need to be asked to uh, put their shoes away. They notice that the shoes are out. Furthermore, a a, a slightly older child who is a comedido will put other children's stuff away, will soothe a sibling who is distressed, will automatically view it as their duty to start making dinner if mom is coming home and stressed out. They will even relieve their parents of cleaning duties. She tells a story in the book about one of the teenage girls that um, mom came home and was going to start cleaning and the daughter was like, no, you need to sit down I'll take care of the cleaning I'm done with my homework anyway you should just relax so being observant enough to know that first of all mom was stressed out and tired exhausted after a long day of work and second of all getting to the work of taking care of the world around them and the people around them that's a yeah and, and
1: i feel like i feel like that accommodator doesn't just apply for kids it applies for it applies for us us dads us husbands yes uh, yes <laughs> You know, Mm -hmm. uh, it applies for us as as co-workers, as, you know, uh, on so many different levels of Mm accommodating. And so while we were working on the garden, you know, uh, I was was trying, I was practicing these things and getting her involved. And, you know, uh, the little one wanted to dig for dinosaur bones Mm -hmm. in the middle of the garden that we were setting up and she okay. was 100% convinced that dinosaur bones were there mm-hmm. and not on the other side of the garden bed where i was trying to convince her that these dinosaur bones were at um but yeah just going through this book has really made me think about how i how i parents and how you know whether you're going uh with you know this style or a completely different style mm-hmm. whatever uh it's just made me
0: think about that and i i love it uh, how yeah. old forgive me for not knowing the the precise details how old is your daughter right now
1: yeah what the hell how do you not know that man <laughs> it's okay I, I don't know if i could tell you how old your kids are
0: <laughs> i could get with
1: i could get within uh, within a decade Sure, <laughs> with there your you with your children. <laughs> <laughs> my my little one is is three. So okay. I want to say she's she's five to seven years younger than your youngest.
0: Yeah, I uh my daughters um I have a third grader and a seventh grader. Um, so what's great is that when as I was reading this, if I can be honest, I was actually mildly jealous thinking of you in that so many of the lessons of this book you can start applying right now to a three-year-old child um, whereas like my best shot is my third grader right so uh, I was actually pretty <laughs> jealous of that that you're you, you can actually like this can be a daily reference manual for you. <laughs> and not that it can't be for me you're like I, I want to tell parents out there like look even if your kids are a little bit older or Uh, There's an interview that Micheline Ducliffe does with another um, author, Julie Lithcott, I think, who wrote a book, How to Raise an Adult. Um, They do an interview together, and uh, Julie is talking about using some of the ideas in this book on her own adult children, 19 and 21, Yeah. um, and how it's just good parenting, it's good leadership, it's good mentoring, it's good human it's good being a human um and so i think that no matter uh what age your kids are you can learn from this book but again i'll say if you have young kids you gotta yeah. read this yeah i a hundred percent
1: if you've got young ones it's it's a starting foundation building block i mean uh, Uh, Mickalene, since we're on a first name basis, um, yeah, uh, Mickalene does say that that you can use this on adults. And I've it's though the book has made me think about um onboarding um a new team member, Mm -hmm. right? Um, because they talk. They talk about a membership card that was one of the things that really hit home for me yeah membership card and so micheline was talking about it from a a family and in teaching your kid about their role in the family Mm -hmm. and by by pushing them away from a task say you know the little one's like hey i want to i want to help with dinner and you're like no 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 go go watch paw patrol not a sponsor. Right. Ne- never going to be a sponsor, probably. Paw Patrol. <laughs> uh you go watch Paw Patrol. You're telling your child that no, I've this is a, a dad task, a mom task, this is a parent task. Your your role in this family is to do this. And so I think I thought about that not only with my little one, uh, she was at the toy store and she picked up this is crazy. She picked up a, a cleaning set. It's this little tub that comes with a spray bottle and a sponge and all this stuff. And she wanted to do the dishes the other night. The uh-huh. dishes took twice as long. Yeah. But guess what? She was on her little stand and she would wash the dishes and she would hand them to dad. And I'd be like, Looks like there's some little little stuff right here. Can you get that? And she would she would scrub it with a scrubber and we'd, yeah. we would load the dishwasher together. She got a little upset the other day when dad started without her.
0: Oh my, oh my. Because she wants to help, right? Exactly. Toddlers yeah. especially want to help. And you're absolutely right with this idea of the family membership card, that parents, um, they they are constantly, maybe not constantly, maybe that's not the right word. Oh, but I would say
1: constantly. If you're saying constantly- Right yeah you're saying pushing them away
0: from a task yes i've saying- really I've
1: evaluated it i have evaluated it personally because it's like how often am I really doing this, and then I'm watching myself do it, and I'm watching the wife do it, and i'm
0: like well, god we're we're just teaching her to oh yeah, go well, and she unpacks specifically because we are so impatient um and she uh, she's in a way parts of this book are. <laughs> A, a gentle uh, scathing, if there's such a thing, of the American way of parenting and American culture in general. We're so impatient. We don't even have the time to train our children to be good human beings. And that's, <laughs> that's inherently problematic. We, we If you ask any parent, you know, do you want your child to, to grow up and be able to uh, help you do this and that and the other thing and be helpful and be kind and be patient. And then you look at the way the behaviors that a lot of parents have towards children that don't embrace that. We want kids to be parents or excuse me, we want kids to be patient, (laughs) but we're perpetually impatient with them. We want kids to be kind, but we're perpetually unkind or angry or frustrated with them. We want kids to be calm, but we're constantly elevating our emotional levels when they can't find their shoes, right? So Um, it's really like pointing out almost like an emperor's new clothes kind of thing that we, the, the thoughts that we have about where we want our kids to be, do not align with our parenting practices. You talk about the membership card and that's, I think a great. Oh, yeah. Off point. It's just having the patience to say you're new to the team. We got to teach you some stuff. And when you're onboarding a new team member at work, you acknowledge that they're not going to know how to do the whatever thing. And and you don't expect them to. Exactly. It's going to take time. Well, with kids, it takes time, too. You know, she talks about the math example with her daughter, Rosie, uh, who's... Uh, every time I I think about it, like that's the toddler model and all of this, that it was her relationship, her acrimonious relationship with Rosie is what led her down this path to this research. But um, she talks about slowing down and just providing more time for kids to do stuff and just being... Much more calm and patient, just like with Rosie. She wouldn't be mad at Rosie for, as a three year old, not knowing that two plus two is four, nor should we be mad at a child for not understanding what respect is or what gratitude is. They just haven't learned it yet, and it's our job to teach them. And when we get frustrated and irritated, oh, yeah, not showing this sort of almost made up thing <laughs> gratitude. Um, it, it's, and it's an important value, but we have to take the time to teach it. And often we don't, we're impatient. Oh. We want to get the dishes done now. And so we kick the kid out of the kitchen and we tell them, my job is to do the dishes. That's what we're saying. When we do now, that, my job that's, is, that's the action we're,
1: we're showing is exactly. my, my role the is this: is your to role watch is that. TV
0: while I work, right? Yeah. That's what we're t- teaching kids. When we hand them a, a screen, kick them out of the kitchen, stop them from, making a mess as they learn how to do new tasks yeah and then you end up with a
1: stepbrother situation where you have will Farrell and john c riley living in your house at the age of 40 right obsessing over shark week
0: right yeah yeah um adults who are not adults um yeah and i see it if i'm being honest i see it in fourth grade all the time i actually um uh, early in the school year, now I acknowledge that we're coming off two years of COVID craziness here. <laughs> um, but I, I did an activity that I I do with the kids almost every year, and it, they need to sit down and think about and fill out like a little cute piece of paper with a bucket on it. Whole long story, but um, about a kind thing that they can do for another student, and they were stumped they were stumped. It was like I was asking them to do calculus, to ask a nine-year-old child what kind of thing they can do for another student at the school. They just did not know what to say. And, yeah. right? and, and so if we want kids to grow into kind, patient, uh, resourceful um, people, adults, uh, we got to start modeling that much sooner and, and embrace and, it, and the idea of a comedido and giving a child a membership card to the family—they got to have their membership card before they can get to a comedido. We have to be patient with them and t- train them up to be family members, full fledged members. We have to—we
1: have to give them that membership card and we have to yep. show them that path. And you know, when I go and I like I onboard, uh, you know, a new team member, I'll, I'll, I, I've said it and I've said it many a times in onboarding. I don't expect you to know our process. I don't expect you to know everything. Now's the time to ask all the questions, right? Uh, There's no stupid question at this point in time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're three years in and you're asking a first year question, something failed somewhere, Mm -hmm. right? Either you didn't get trained correctly or you weren't paying attention to the process and it it slipped Mm -hmm. through. Whatever that is, this is the time to ask questions. With a child, <laughs> I don't do that. I, not, that that process isn't even in my head. It's like, oh, why don't you know how to, you know, put your shoes
0: on? <laughs> or, or if it is something that the child should know, giving them the time and space to unpack it, or um, to use questioning. Micheline talks about this specifically to use questioning to kind of put them on a path of thought that will get them thinking about either consequences, um, which which is a a healthy part of the book is about how do we, you know, when when we see a child doing something, you know, think of a child who's like dancing near some fancy porcelain figures, right? A lot of parents are like, don't do that. Knock it off. No dancing. But parents from these other cultures, and she explores three other cultures. She explores the Mayan cultural parenting practices, the Hadzabe, and then the Inuit uh, um, uh, of the North, Native Americans of the Northern Arctic areas. And they don't really do that. They will say something like, you're gonna knock something over. You're going to hurt yourself. uh, uh, Rosie was throwing rocks at one point. There was a bunch of kids playing and Rosie is picking up rocks and getting ready to throw them. And Micheline was about to rush over and grab her hand and say, no, don't. And another girl, right? Think about a comedito here. Another nine-year-old child walked over to Rosie and said, you'll hurt someone if you do that. And the child walked away to go play on the play structure. Rosie dropped the rock. And went to go play on the play structure, right? So getting kids to start thinking about consequences without like flame spraying them, right? If they're doing something, it's usually because if they're doing something like quote unquote wrong, it's usually because they don't understand the consequences and it's our job to teach them or to get them to think about it. If they don't, you know, they're, one of the kids was like squeaking this really loud, noisy dog toy. They're thinking about how fun the toy is, not that they're going to wake grandma who's sleeping on the couch. They just don't think about it. Our job is to help them think about it and consider the consequences. And, that, and we you got to do that by staying calm, which is one of the key takeaways from this book. Yeah. Uh,
1: and that's one of those that uh, that was one of those things that was, was really hard as as I look at you know how i how i speak to the child how i how i talk about things it's that getting things in that that mindset in that framework of by doing this this will happen Mm
0: -hmm.
1: very even keel very calm by doing this this will happen Mm -hmm. instead of getting frustrated with the situation instead of whatever that is and it's it's not it's not an easy thing you know as they're running around porcelain figurines or they're running around everything, they're, they're playing on top of a structure, you know, do, do you feel safe right now? Like, like, okay, you feel safe. I'm glad you feel safe. You know, mm-hmm. falling off of this structure, you're, you're going to get hurt. So I, I want you thinking about that. Yeah. That is, that is not, it doesn't not feel natural versus saying don't do that.
0: Yeah, and, and I know growing up, you know, if there was any kind of safety issue, then I know that that immediately brought out a highly, I'll, I'll say energetic um, and not usually positive uh, <laughs> reaction in my family. Um, uh, and the, uh, there's a lot of good examples of this specific thing when she's working with the Inuit uh, people and examining their parenting practices. You know that she tells an example about a time that, um, you know there's a lot of kids and there's a lot of adults in this house. Um, they had just got done making dinner. Rosie went into the kitchen and grabbed a butcher knife, a giant cleaver, off of the countertop. In my family, Right. And uh, probably a lot of families immediately that would generate this huge reaction of, oh, no, put that down. That's sharp. That's dangerous. Don't touch that in this household. And I got to give Mikaleen some credit here because she's trying to learn. So she stopped herself from running into the kitchen. And another woman calmly stood up, walked into the kitchen. No. Right. Temperance is key here no big emotional reaction in fact didn't even talk to rosie rosie put the knife down she and then the woman picked the knife up and put it on a different shelf out of reach of the child right yeah. but but if rosie had started you know juggling the knife then it'd be a conversation of you'll hurt yourself <laughs> that knife is sharp as opposed to don't do that right and and, and generating this big energetic reaction that's just not necessary
1: which is the reaction that all parents have? Because we don't, we don't want. Uh, hopefully, we don't want our our kids to get hurt. Uh, my my dad uh, and I, I feel like he did this as a grandparent versus a parent. Uh-huh. My dad is always his philosophy is around. Uh, it's okay if they get hurt, but it's not okay if they get injured. Sure, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They, they'll need like a saber scar across the eye. That's <laughs> that's. that's that that's an that's an injury where you know you're gonna fall down on your butt you're gonna get a little bump and bruise okay mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Oh, I, you know you, you had mentioned it already and i i really I, it was one of my big takeaways from the book and that was the calm that was the the keeping calm not feeding into the emotion of the child staying even keel i Again, this book made me do a lot of self thinking about how I react to situations, mm-hmm. and you know, it's like, okay, we're we're trying to we're trying to get out of the house. We're trying to go, and for growing up for me, it was we need to go catch a ferry. It was oh, we need to go get catch a ferry. Go go go! Like there was yeah. not a level of calm going on in this situation. No. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, Dad's like, no, we we got we have to hit this ferry. We got to mm-hmm. be out of the house. Which was always a hurry up and wait situation, right it, yeah. it's, it's a fairy, yeah,
0: it's a fairy, yeah,
1: yeah, so, but that that keeping calm is i I don't think i I always feel like I'm a relatively calm guy, but I you know that kind of that awareness around when the child's doing something, whether it is you know they're they're juggling a butcher knife or they're you know, you're trying to get them out of out of the house in the morning because you have a meeting to get to. I got mm-hmm. i got a morning, I got a nine o'clock meeting. I got to drop you off at school and I got to get home. Mm-hmm. Or in my instance, I always call it her work. Like we we got to get you to work. Right? Yeah, uh, it's children's work, but yeah, uh, but that that keeping calm. That is a is a hard. That is a hard thing. I, I give it up to all the parents in this book that are, to, that are keeping that even keel the, the story of of the kids running around and knocking a, a a was it a pot of boiling water onto the floor yeah
0: yeah in the igloo right a yeah. pot of hot tea i think it was but yeah. yeah
1: there's a pot of hot tea onto the floor and no one breaking, like no one really even looking up right and i'm like is that the reaction like I feel like as a a Westerner, right? <laughs> as, a, as a, and they, what was they classified uh United States as is weird, wasn't it? I forget.
0: Weird, I forget yeah. the acronym for weird. It's a Western educated industrialized and D. <laughs>
1: oh, isn't there an R in there I too?
0: Western educated industrialized. Oh, Dag nabbit I wrote it down and now I <laughs> can't find it. Uh okay, here we go. And democratic. Okay. Western educated, industrialized, democratic. Weird. Isn't there,
1: an R? Isn't there an R in weird?
0: What was R? Rich. Oh, no. Western educated. <laughs> industrialized rich democratic
1: democratic
0: country yeah. and, and, and go ahead yeah it, it just these
1: these parents that are able to keep this calm um and there was uh when they're in the the mayan village and i forget the village's name I, I don't remember it off the top of my head uh but they're getting ready for school and micheline is watching them get ready for school and the mom is there and telling the kid you got to go find your shoes mm-hmm. and reminding it was like at least three times of reminding yeah you got to go find your shoes and i tried i tried this the other day is you got to go find your shoes you got to go you got to go do this it was getting ready for school and and McLean is was thinking oh yeah i'm gonna watch this you know uh, uh, you know this s show about to unfold Mm -hmm. and the the mom was was calm um started woke up the little one first uh and then moved on didn't even didn't even get her out just moved on and then uh, woke up the older one the older one uh like fell into a comedy really quick and right. started yeah,
0: helping the other little
1: st- kids get ready, started helping the little kids get ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even, even keeled was reminding the son, you know, get your shoes, got to put your shoes on, uh, type thing. And that is, that's, you know, I I've done many, a routine and to not have a, a, a meltdown or a fight or, get emotionally charged that's something that that is something right there that Mm -hmm. i i don't know like i that that even keel you're you're dealing with a a child that is emotionally charged and that lives off of raw emotion i feel like this is why kids take naps all the time is because they're always (laughs) in a state
0: of some emotion sure yeah yeah And in the Inuit, you know, you're getting at something that's really important is that that rawness, right? They don't, there's an acknowledgement in these other cultures that children do not have the tools or the control over emotional regulation that adults do. And in fact, um, you know, in the Inuit culture, um, temperance, patience, maturity, um, non- Uh, exhibitionist, uh, right, reserve, those are the province of adults, whereas impulsiveness, brashness, rudeness, those are thought of as the way kids are. Um, uh, uh, I, I would say maybe a comment, if an Inuit adult observes another Inuit adult doing something impulsive, the comment will be like, like a child, right? They don't see those things being loud, being impatient, being demanding, bossy. Um, Those are child's qualities. And that's because these cultures, they acknowledge that kids are not, they don't have the control that adults do. And adults also recognize in those cultures that for there to be any hope of those kids to grow into the kind of adults that have those um, habits of mind, we have to be modeling them demonstrating them we have to not be overly reactive to any negative event right so if they they tell a story um about uh an inuit fisherman whose wife knitted him uh, a fishing line and on his first cast into the water he goes to set the hook and the thing snaps he basically says nothing he wraps the line back up again And he hands it to his wife and says, tie it again. He doesn't react. He doesn't get mad. I could see that if that happened in my household, being like, well, why didn't you tie it right? What's wrong with you? What happened here? I thought you said you did it this way. None of that. No reaction. No reaction to the coffee being spilled. No reaction, right, to the pot of um, tea being spilled. Right, just not getting overly excitable about really anything, um, and in a way, this really ties back into uh, some of the the study that we've done and the talks that we've done around Stoic uh, practices and emotional regulation. That there's really just no need to get worked up about kind of the small things, right? Reserve that energy for when you need it, because having a big reaction is not going to help you. In fact, having that panic reaction makes you less likely to make good decisions. On top of it, this adds the layer of you're now teaching your children to have a big reaction. You're now teaching your children to yell at their spouse and their friends that are helping them. You're now teaching your children to be brash, impulsive, and rude.
1: That, that it's okay. Yep. You're, we're teaching someone that this, this behavior is okay. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a a moment where they're walking around the inuit village and uh micheline and rosie are walking around in inuit village and in that walking around uh rosie's having this meltdown
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and you know the the whole village knows who they are without knowing who they are um and i want to say shortly after that in that same chapter area i guess They talk about needing a vacation from your, Mm -hmm. from your, 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 it it was from your husband. I think the question was posed, don't you need like, when you go on vacation with your husband, you don't, you get tired of mm -hmm. him type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like, oh yeah, no, I, I, I've been on, you know, vacations and the wife and I have needed space at one point in time sure. and yeah y- you need you need that space to to calm down yourself to to release that emotional energy
0: and you know i was surprised in the book so micheline circles back around that idea but she calls it something else she calls it parenting, a-l-l-o parenting and it's the idea that um, when they researched these cultures, and this was a different research study that Mickalene didn't do, but was part of her research, they found that mom, mom, the one person mom, does 20% of the child care, 20%. That's it, one-fifth. We have a completely different idea about the proportion of child care that a mom should be providing. So this idea that, that mom needs a break. Uh, for the ment- for her mental health and for the mental health of the child the allo parenting idea mitigates this tremendously by acknowledging that phrase it takes a village you can just think of that phrase that is allo parenting it's aunts uncles grandparents and we and this last one i'm going to say we don't do quite enough but by raising kids who are accommodito and kind and patient and gentle into that 8 9 10 year old range they now become part of your allo parenting community because you have raised them to be patient because you have raised them to be kind they now are the frankly ideal allo parents they're the ideal allies in raising particularly a young uh, child again this idea that the mom or even mom and dad shouldn't have to raise a young child alone um that's a weird idea right uh and and, uh, that's a reference back to the way western culture this western industrialized right but allo parenting is this idea that it does take a village to raise a child so this means aunts uncles teachers um Nannies, um, other people, babysitters that live within your orbit, Um, and in this, the the one thing that really stood out to me that she mentioned with this alloparenting idea was other kids. So all of that, you know, I think that this had started with your idea that you know Rosie is impatient because she's sick of you, right? Which was the comment that uh, a woman in the Inuit village had made, and it's all if when you come to a place where alloparenting becomes your habit and you share the task of parenting in a community, unlike what we like to do in a lot of families in the U.S. is that our families uh, break up. This idea of individualism says you grow up and then you move far, far away, and that's not good for kids. That doesn't mean that you don't have a chance to create an alloparenting community. You're just going to have to make do with um, the resources that you have, frankly, right? Your friends, your neighbors, um, siblings, uh, aunts, uncles, cousins, so on and so forth, can pick up that monotony of it just being mom and child uh, for so much of the day.
1: It, you know, it, it makes me think so my my parents, uh, they moved up from uh, Southern California mm-hmm. to, to Washington state to to get away from family and it yeah. really it's the getaway to start start anew to start their own their sure own and you know my my mother is uh she has i'm trying to count on oh she's she's the oldest of six
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right
1: so part of part of the community that she grew up in was she was she was helping raise the the younger kids you know, Is she, she the
0: youngest of six or the
1: oldest of six. She's the oldest of six. Oh, okay, that's. Is little, the old, yeah. oldest of six, um, and she was helping raise the younger kids, and mm-hmm. you know, she was very, very much into that accommodito thing, and so they got up here, and you know, now I'm really curious, and I, you know, it'd be a conversation to have with the parents about, you know, how did you go about building the, your community, building your tribe. Mm -hmm. because you do and i know we there was a tribe because there was a a, a, you know a group of uh, family friends babysitters that came in and and helped we would go to after school and and whatnot um because as i you know as parents were working multiple jobs and Mm -hmm. you know uh doing all these things you know and for me my tribe uh my, I have my, 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 my parents are nearby and, you know, the wife's parents are nearby. Yeah. And so we, we have that tribe. And then we also, yes. you know, we have, we have not taken advantage of it because of the crazy wacky world of COVID. Right. Yeah. But we have, you know, we have family, friends that we would, we would have watched kids looking at you um, that we would have, watch, that we would have watched kids and, yeah. you know, you, you, build a tribe and then, I think about my, my brother who, who took his three children. He moved, he moved to Mumbai when his youngest was, I I don't know what, she may have been eight weeks old, nine mm-hmm. weeks old. They mm-hmm. all, they went to Mumbai and they built, they built a tribe in Mumbai mm-hmm. um, because they didn't have access to grandparents. And I think right? about, you know, we, you think about, we're We're in this together we're you know it's not just the mom's role in this takes a village it, right it, it takes a village the dad the dad has got to be doing stuff that mm-hmm. you know you, you if you're teaching a combinado to your child, the child has got to be doing stuff, so it's not just on one one parent and yeah. i i I don't think I realized and i actually I know I didn't realize when i uh I worked with single mothers. Stuff like that, you know. I I had I had a dog. What? Okay, you know. I it's it's, it's got to be roughly the same as taking care of a dog, right? And then you have uh, a child, and it's like, how, how do single mothers do this? Mm-hmm. How do like so much single any single mother, single parents, whatever? Sure, uh, yeah. I've they heard. they how do they pull this off? Because mm-hmm. this is emotionally exhausting, and everything Having...
0: is yeah. Having allo allo parenting allows you to get to that place where because there are other people shouldering the burden of parenting and raising a child who may be difficult, right? These are brand new team members. They don't know the ropes yet. And it is emotionally exhausting to be that patient, to be that calm. There's an acknowledgement inherent uh, in this book, that this is not easy work. This is not a magic bullet. But with Allo parenting, being able to have space to be able to step away from the parenting task allows you, because you're not carrying that burden all the time, to be much more likely to respond with calmness, temperance, and patience that you need to be able to teach your children. Calmness, temperance, and patience yeah. to be able to give them their membership card. And the other piece of that is that those members of your alloparenting community—they're other members. So when we talk about a membership card, right? You can't—it's—it's it's part being part of the team. And when you loop kids in and you give them that sense of belonging and you show them there are other members of the team, everyone has a role here. Everyone has responsibilities. Everyone is helpful. Everyone shoulders the burden of showing you something new and and being grateful for you and helping you when you need help and playing when it's time to play or, or supervising when it's time to supervise or informing of consequences when that's the right thing to do. When you have a community to do that, so much easier. I recognize that for a lot of people, that's not their reality. But if you are a single parent, I highly encourage you to sit and think for a little bit. Who are my allo parenting op- options? And your allo parenting options could be as simple as inviting one or more friends to your house to just spend time with you and your child as opposed to going out and then finding a new babysitter or whatever include them as part of your team and you know you can have an explicit conversation even if you want about how much you value that friend and you think you're not asking them to like you know take custody of this child but you want <laughs> them to be part of this child's life because they're a valuable part of your community no. and you think that the child would benefit the, the other thing that you get from that is that, and and my dad is actually a really great example. Um, there's a ton of stuff that my dad knows that I do not, and that he is a superior teacher of my children and the stuff that he knows about and the stuff that he can point out, you know, when, when my daughters go visit him over in Eastern Washington, um which is a far more remote much more rural than where we live right now he's a superior teacher to them than i am when you do allo parenting it's an acknowledgement that other people know stuff it's not just me other people know stuff they have expertise and your child will learn more in that environment
1: and they're getting they're getting that different exposure so if your dad is like, oh, I'm, you know, we're gonna go out and we're gonna rebuild this tractor. I don't know why I picked rebuild a tractor, but sure, it sounds you know, dope. Yeah, yeah. You know, if we're, we're gonna go out and we're gonna rebuild something, mm-hmm. come along with, you know, yep. that that's an experience, you know. And I help my I, I have my little one help me when I'm you know working around
0: the house. Yeah. Hand me a screwdriver. hmm Hand hand I, me this. My kids you know. help me cook. My my daughter knows how to weed whack, my third grader. <laughs> can safely weed whack and trim the yard and a lot of parents because of concern out of whatever right they're taking those like in in many cases literally taking the tools away from the children and saying no you can't do this because of xyz we're depriving them of their membership card and then we're surprised when they're not helpful we're surprised and frustrated when they're impatient and frustrated. Well, guess what? That's the behavior we've been modeling for them, oftentimes
1: for years. Yeah. So if you and at 13 years, so if you're if you're you're thinking 13 years in, this is when they're going to start doing, you know, chores around the house. They're going to start, okay, it's now time for you to start doing chores around the house. It's now time you're not old enough to start taking out the garbage, but you've you've given this, you know, eight to thirteen year time frame of. Them basically being,
0: babied. I mean, that's what it is, right? She uses the term VIPs, right? Treated differently than everyone else. The burden of the family work is taken off of them. No, no, no. I do the cooking and cleaning. You watch Paw Patrol, right? And that is, we're just kicking the can down the road to further frustration and raising kids that that cannot adult. Yeah. Um. That are not going to be accommodated even to themselves right? That are going to develop mental health problems. And some of that will happen regardless of how you parent in some cases, but we can set ourselves up for success by making sure that start kids early and and then be patient and acknowledge, you know, she has a great example of here of when she's in the Mayan village and the grandmother is making tortillas. Grandmother has been making tortillas for 70 years. she knows how to make tortillas, right? Well, the little kids come in and of course the three-year-old wants to make tortillas. And of course she makes misshapen, weird looking tortillas. (laughs) And grandmother acknowledges her contribution. She doesn't need to do a bunch of coaching unless the kid is asking for that. We tend to talk too much. I talk too much. I know this. I'm sorry, podcast listeners. Um,
1: <laughs> it's why we're here. It's why it's sort of why we're here.
0: Um, but we in western in these weird cultures, we tend to talk way too much and just not be accepting that a kid is gonna make mistakes and they got to work through those mistakes, and it's gonna be slow and it's gonna be messy, and we might have to eat a misshapen tortilla or two. But guess what? Belittling a child because they don't make a perfect tortilla is not gonna result in more tortillas. You want a kid to make perfect tortillas. Let them spend a few years making crappy ones. They'll eventually, they know what the tortilla looks like. They know, they'll get to it. You got to be patient. You got to acknowledge that it's going to be messy. And having a three-year-old wash the dishes, you're going to have some dishes that are not clean. You're going to have some dishes that get dropped on the floor. Your job as the parent is to respond with temperance, patience, and calmness, not overly reacting being patient with the process because you know that you're paying your dues for a kid who's going to be 13 washing dishes without needing prompting without begging for a raise in their allowance that just acknowledges that that's the family work
1: well and and that brings you i mean that brings you the whole other thing is do you even do allowance like you know uh and there's a there's a and that's a, that
0: could be a whole different episode it could be a whole we're different talking, episode it we're could,
1: talking yeah. about alone no there was a there was and i'm trying to find it in the book um but there was a, a like a model that she talked about and it was three things and it was uh, what was it it was like patience something something I, I may have taken this down a rabbit hole that we, we can't get practice, out of Practice,
0: model, acknowledge. Yes, there
1: we go. Practice, model, acknowledge. Practice, model, acknowledge. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you play a role in this uh, as parents and that you're giving them time to practice. Yes. And you're, you're modeling the behavior. hmm and then that acknowledge piece and that acknowledge piece, what was one of the things they talked about in the book a lot is
0: the mm-hmm. over praise. Yes. The difference between acknowledgement and praise very. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. And acknowledgement is more along the lines of that's, that's something that a big kid would do. That's mm-hmm. something that's, that's very accommodated. That's, you know, um, that, that is more acknowledgement than, hey you, you pooped in the potty um you, you've acknowledged it once but when you you keep praising it yeah. you're actually you're cheapening it is what yeah. it came down to they, and mm-hmm. and now and you're ingraining an ex- expectation of hey I, I i praise you for this mm-hmm. um which is which is the hardest thing to do because you make the kids doing all these excited things that are so new to them yeah um and I I remember (laughs) I was sitting with my my mother and we were having a conversation about something I can't even remember what the conversation was really about but the moment I what I remember in this moment is my nephew came over with something and it was something that I'm like and I don't know he was probably six at the time Mm -hmm. and he did something and my mom praised him for it and i said it i said at the time i'm like really this isn't that exciting mm-hmm. like talk to me when the kid can do a pivot table <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: um and whether she should have you know praised him acknowledge him was is really the point to this the story the point was is you know uh we we do by creating the, this 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 environment of of mm-hmm. praise kids are now seeking that attention yes they're now seeking hey uh, you know i i need to get praise for doing this and then you have adults that are seeking that same praise in the workplace i i i need praise for this but it and i i hate to say it but that's part of this is part of your job like right you know this is part of the membership card of your job yep um if you're going above and beyond that you know, that acknowledgement, even if you're not that acknowledgement is important, but it's that acknowledgement versus praise, and that is not something I'm good at. Like it's something I'm trying, I'm I'm trying to be better at, but mm-hmm. it is isn't a it's an a lot, it's a lot harder. Um and I found myself uh doing it uh the other day. Um I had the little one get dressed. We were leaving the house, and I handed her clothes. And she she got her bottoms on, she got her bottoms on. Uh, every, all all right. Um, she got her socks on. She got you know, and we even had her put her shoes on. She struggled with her top, but that's she's three. That's okay. Top she's three. It's, it's I'm an adult. I'm an adult. Shirts. Yeah, shirts. Mm-hmm. The shirts can be hard. <laughs> but you know, I there, I I tried the acknowledgement thing. It felt it felt weird. It really did. It, it felt weird versus you know just going hey good job it's 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 not it didn't feel natural because this is what we're this is what i'm used to yeah um as a leader it's what i'm used to as a parent it's what Mm -hmm. i'm used to it's what i'm used to getting from my parents you know
0: well and and in the book micheline unpacks this pretty well and the bottom line is that there a, a lot of praise was really encouraged and it's still encouraged, by the way, in the um, in the teaching environment, positive reinforcement, positive feedback. Um, the reason that this started to be a thing was we suddenly started to get worried about the self-confidence of children. So we felt the need to reassure them that they are doing good stuff, right? And it became like, congratulations, you got out of bed. Like we became these little praise (laughs) machines. And so our kids became little praise seeking machines. Um, And that's problematic for a lot of reasons, but which we've unpacked a few of them. The bottom line is that there is no correlation between the amount of praise and rewards and other stuff a kid receives and their sense of self-confidence and worth. You get self-confidence and worth by feeling like you can do stuff. And you belong exactly right. You can belong, and you are competent. That yeah. that you have a sense of self-efficacy. And you 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 get that through results and through feeling like you're part of a team, not because someone says, "Congratulations, you got one sock on." Yeah. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> and I I think there's there's a lot of stuff in this book that can also be summarized as talk less. You just don't need to be talking so much as a parent and praise falls firmly into that category of just stuff that doesn't need to be coming out of your mouth all the time as a parent, right? We should, uh, on occasion, we do need to provide feedback. We should engage kids if they want to learn, right? If you're trying to fix the tractor and the kid is asking you, what's this thing do respond right Uh, help them learn they want to learn they want to be helpful to do the communication that's asked of you but you know and I found myself doing this too pretty much mansplaining stuff that my kids just never even asked about they don't care whereas just the other day I saw some I actually I heard some birds like moving around in this willow tree that's by our house. And I didn't know what they were doing. So I just walked over there and looked up <clears throat> and I saw that they were building a nest, right? They were in the willow tree weaving a nest. And I just stood there and watched it for a while. And my oldest daughter, who's a teenager now, a seventh grader, came up and we just stood there and watched them build a nest. I, and she asked me, what kind of bird is that? And I didn't know. I said, I don't know. But I didn't feel the need to explain a bunch of stuff. She's observant. And I was teaching her to be observant in that moment. I didn't need to unpack it. I didn't need to say, oh, cool. Do you see this bird making it? She can see. Let her observe. Let children observe. And chime in when you need to. Chime in to provide feedback if it's what the kid needs at the time. Just talking less. And I'll
1: say on that, let them observe. But also, no, they're always observing. Oh, yeah. So they're always observing your behavior. They're mm-hmm. observing your language. Yes. There's a yeah. lot of key takeaways in this book. And sure. there's a lot of exercises that go into this book. Oh,
0: it's so many. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but the last key takeaway I really want to talk about, and it really hit home for me, was uh, kids-centered activities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Mickalene talks, that. Yeah, Mickalene talks about not going to birthday parties and spending $10 on a pizza and not, uh, if the kid doesn't want to go to a birthday party going, okay, we're not going to go to a birthday party. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I have a lot of thoughts on this, uh, but before we get into thoughts, I want to know your thoughts on kids center
0: activities. So when, when we bring kids to participate in kid centered activities, and the birthday party is one example, but also just going to any place whose sole purpose is to entertain children that you would not go to as an adult, right? As an adult, I'm not going to go to the bouncy house as an adult. And it's no disrespect to our uh, bouncy house proprietors in the audience. <laughs> um, but there's a there's a lot of just activities that I would not participate in as an adult. Um, when we bring kids to those activities. We're once again, giving them the VIP treatment. And we're saying, you are a different entity than the rest of the family. And you get to do stuff that has nothing to do with the work of being an adult or being a human being. So uh, we're gonna go ahead and build a world that's designed to stimulate and entertain you. Um, and then you're putting yourself in the role of stimulator and entertainer and events
1: manager as, right? is, as they put it is events manager events which, manager because
0: they talked about setting up being your
1: kids being able to set up uh sorry i got distracted i can smell the wife cooking upstairs <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can smell sausage cooking uh but uh events manager and, and teaching the kid to set up time to go play with somebody mm-hmm. like and not you managing that but like yeah here here
0: if you want to if you want to hang out with your friends here you go here's how you set yep. it up do the thing yep yeah absolutely yeah so moving away from that events manager role moving away from treating your child like a vip they're a member of your family there's a lot that they need to learn about being an adult you want to raise an adult then quit bringing your kids to stuff that has nothing to do with being an adult um, I know my daughters when uh, they're in Eastern Washington with my parents. They do zero child-centered activities. when When we're not there, my parents garden, they mow, uh, they feed the wildlife in various ways, and they go for walks. When my kids are there, you know what my parents do? The exact same <laughs> stuff. They garden, They mow and my kids come back and they are so excited that they got to dig potatoes, that they got to put the chains on the tractor, that they got to go for a walk with their madrina, right? So we don't need, kids don't need at all child-centered activities. You want to break from parenting? Think a little harder about allo-parenting and a little bit less about where can I send them to laser tag? No, you don't need to send them to laser tag right? Find um, Include them in the family work. You, I could spend all day cooking. I really could. I know you could too, right? That's <laughs> I, I have. <laughs> we could spend all day cleaning. That's the family work. And you'd yeah. be surprised gardening too, right? We're auto maintenance, cleaning the garage. And you'd be surprised at how engaging that can be, especially for young children in the toddler age.
1: So i I agree with it, and I also disagree with this. All okay, at the same time. send it
0: so i
1: I am all about you know not being an events manager for my child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm all about that. I'm all about teaching them how to set up their own play dates and figuring that out. Love it. I'm mm-hmm. about if my kid does not want to go to Tommy's birthday party. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think my daughter has a Tommy in her life, so I- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tommy's birthday party then. Yeah, she doesn't have to, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Now, I am all about being a big kid. I am all about playing laser tag with my child. Sure. Right? Um, Now, I know it's not something we're going to do all the time, but Mm -hmm. I'm not about going to one of those uh, activity play spaces where the kid just gets to jump around and the parents just kind of stand there, right? Right. I'm not about that. Now, I'm about going to the zoo with my child to the zoo with my parents Mm -hmm. right i'm about going to the zoo with my child i'm about you know running around looking at animals and stuff like that i'm about going to the aquarium um but it's i i think there's a balance here and one of the things she talks about is going to the park right Mm -hmm. and sitting at the park and like letting the child play like mm-hmm. you, you read or do work, and sure. that that being okay,
0: sure.
1: But you know the child's got to know, and her situation, Rosie had to know that I'm working right now. Sure, you mm-hmm. can go mm-hmm. and, and do your thing. When I'm done, maybe I'll come play with you. Maybe I won't. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. So, I think you know, kids, kids do need to be kids and get out the energy. And yeah. I'm a big kid, and I, I, I love to give out the energy, but it's that I don't want to be an event manager, which is the,
0: my big takeaway from that kids' interactivity. You said something in there that was so important that, that we haven't talked about. You said going out to laser tag and playing with your child is something that you would do. That's togetherness, right? And that that's part of that, um, the core some of the core stuff that she lays out she's got this concept called team parenting the t t e a m the t stands for we didn't get into this yeah we didn't right and it's a whole other bag that we could unpack but um the t the first thing is togetherness that links back to you know auto repair that links back to washing dishes with your daughter It also links back to the activities that you do. Going to the zoo as a family, that's great. Mini golf as a family, that's awesome, right? Uh, Those are things that you're doing together, exactly. And that is providing the kid with their membership card. That is modeling those togetherness behaviors, those cooperations, those family activities, as opposed to kids activities. And I think that's the fundamental difference that is important here. There's a distinction between family activities and child-centered activities. No Entire environments that are just built to stimulate and entertain children, if you want your child to grow up to be the kind of adult you want them to be, those environments are not suitable. It's not never. We're not, I I don't think Micheline or me or you is advocating never send your child to a bouncy house, never send your child to a birthday party. I don't think that's the point. The point being that should be a small part of your child's um, activity diet, not something that's happening every weekend.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Dylan, we, we've talked a lot about this book. We've been interrupted because of our technical errors. But yes. We've talked about this book. There's a lot more to talk about this book. Um, the, you, you, we've we've hit on some great points uh and we could talk probably more about kids center activities um, just being the event man not being the kids event manager is the, yeah. the important takeaway there um yeah is there is there well let me ask you uh like okay, you recommended this book yeah have you read since you read it first did you reread it? Did you reread it for this? Would you reread it
0: again? Yes. Yes. A thousand times. Yes, Miss Swan. Um, <laughs> this, um, this book, if you, but I mean, first of all, I'll say, even if you don't work with kids, you should read this book because invariably you're going to have friends or relatives that have kids and they need you. You need to be part of an alloparenting community. You will be a better person for it. You will, um, by being part of an alloparenting community, by learning the lessons in this book, you will be even more effective in that role and just at being a better human being. And even if you never have the occasion to parent, you're going to work with people that you need to treat with patience and kindness and bring into membership to help them be the best human beings that they can be. So I would say yes, a thousand times yes. I think everybody needs to read this book. I think if you have young children, if there was a word that was stronger than need, that would be what you need to do yeah. to read this book. Really, you yeah. gotta elevate.
1: I, I would also say, I, I feel like I hear a lot from like young leaders that I'm just the parent of adults or I'm an adult babysitter. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever said that statement, read this book, read this. book. Um, um, if you, if you onboard people, read this book, if yep. you're, if you're HR onboarding somebody, this is the book to read this. I, I will read this book again. I will reference this book. Mm-hmm. I will recommend this book. It might become a gift I give to any parent, any new yep. parents, um, because it, it is just a great book. Absolutely. So, they I I appreciate you recommending this. Uh
0: What do you up to? What do you got going on? Well, you know, I wanted to get out into the yard um and I we've been very fortunate that yesterday was a really nice day. So, I got a lot of stuff done out there. Today it's a wonderful day to play inside. So, Man- manifest will, spring, manifest uh, spring, get out there. Yep. I'll be, uh, I'll be playing uh, with my daughters. I will also probably just do some projects around the house um, and get some stuff done in my garage. It is a disastrous mess right now. <laughs> um, not every moment of your time needs to be with your children, but take the time that you have. They're, they're not going to be kids forever. You have an opportunity to raise great kids. 100%. Uh, and and 100%. I'm going to try some of that today
1: good well i i too got out in the garden yesterday i played um we tried to manifest spring as much as possible (laughs) um we we went to the home depot which uh, please be a sponsor home depot i would love that
0: yes Uh, that'd be great uh, yeah
1: we went to home depot and we got gardening stuff um Mm -hmm. it took us 10 years but we finally have a a garden nice uh, yeah Uh, the soil is really good by the way because i kept like putting cardboard down over it to tamper things so i get some good soil over there right we're happy and then uh uh on the personal side of things uh uh, on the coaching side of things um i've been doing some coaching uh through invite change uh um around the women's manufacturing conference which has been fun i've 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 learned a lot there so thanks for doing that work yeah that Mm -hmm. that's that's what i got going on that's what you got going on i Mm -hmm. again i appreciate you bringing this book to us i appreciate micheline duclaw for doing all the work on this book that literally
0: traveling around the world to bring this powerful knowledge to parents yes Mm -hmm. so uh
1: find it read it love it Um, absolutely and then follow us on instagram follow us on Facebook, uh we're at Two Dudes Who Review Books. Um uh and you know, just get out there and parent.
0: Get out there yeah. parent, get do some yeah. reading, do some parenting, have yeah. fun. Play nice. Yeah. Our podcast was originally recorded on Zoom. Special thanks to Skill soul on Pixabay for providing our intro and outro music.
1: If you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, please hit the like and subscribe button on your podcast provider.
0: Follow us on Instagram at Two Dudes Review Books. Let us know what you think we should review.
1: Keep reading. Keep learning. Keep growing. Keep pursuing what's important to you, and keep listening to our podcast. Stay thirsty, my friend. <laughs> I- uh,